Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. I'm your moderator, Jessica Bard, with Consultant 360 Specialty Network. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, about 34 million people, or 10.5% of the population in the United States, had diabetes in 2018. Dr. Carolyn Trapp is here to speak with us about remission of type 2 diabetes through lifestyle changes. Dr. Trapp is the Director of Diabetes Education and Care at the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine and an adjunct faculty member at the University of Michigan School of Nursing in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Trapp. Please give us an overview overview of your poster presented at ADCES 21, Targeting Remission of Type 2 Diabetes with Lifestyle Medicine. This poster is a labor of love. I have to tell you that so much of what I uh, understood about how to provide care to people who have diabetes um, has really changed over the years. So in my work as a nurse practitioner in primary care and a certified diabetes care and education specialist, I, I will say that the goal of care had always been tight control, right? A1C reduction, good glucose numbers. It was all about management and prevention of complications. And those are worthwhile goals. But in my clinical experience, in the primary care setting, we treated diabetes really aggressively. Ours was a, a primary care practice that used insulin pumps early on, made those available to patients. And we you know, used a lot of insulin, used a lot of medications to get numbers lower. But what I saw in my practice was that even people in good control often developed complications. With good numbers, they weren't immune from suffering from heart attacks or losing their vision or having kidney disease. And I was really concerned about that, of course. And I have come to recognize that the route to lowering A1C is critically important, that lower blood glucose numbers with medication doesn't really get at the underlying problem with type 2 diabetes and doesn't always prevent vascular disease, uh, micro or macro vascular disease. There, there has to be a different route. And through my work with the Physicians Committee, I've become an expert in the science of plant-based nutrition. And I have seen that work effectively with my own patients to help them turn their diabetes around, as well as experience all kinds of other benefits that a conventional diet for diabetes didn't do. I've seen people get off of blood pressure medication, lower their cholesterol, lose weight if they're overweight, and experience other improvements in things like arthritis and migraine headaches. So there seem to be all these additional benefits of a plant-based diet. So I was really excited when the American College of Lifestyle Medicine published a paper in November of 2020 called Type 2 Diabetes Remission in Lifestyle Medicine. And this is their position paper. And I, the goal of my poster presentation was to share this information 
with other diabetes educators with the hope that our interactions with our patients can be around this, this new idea that it's not just about control. It's not just about slowing the progression to complications, but that it's possible to put type 2 diabetes into full remission. So let's dive a little bit deeper here on remission. Define partial and full remission of type 2 diabetes and how can it be achieved? I know we talked a lot about diet, but dive a little bit deeper there for us, please. Sure. Well, let me start with the numbers. So um, I'm going to use the definition of remission that the American College of Lifestyle Medicine uh, used in their position paper. And this comes from use in 2009, Diabetes Care. His group defines remission as an A1C in the normal range, so less than 5.7%, fasting glucose less than 100 milligrams per deciliter without any medication for at least one year. And they also defined partial remission, and this would be sub-diabetic hyperglycemia an A1C of less than 6.5% fasting glucose between 100 and 125 milligrams per deciliter. And that's for a year. And so so it's helpful to know, you know, what what are the numbers that we're looking at? The British Diabetes Association uses the same numbers, but they say six months is their target. And there are different routes to remission. So research has shown that Significant weight loss can lead to remission. Fasting and fasting mimicking diets is a route. Bariatric or metabolic surgery is a route. And then the route that I think is important for us to focus on is intensive lifestyle modifications. So let's talk about those modifications. How does a certified diabetes care and education specialist identify type and intensity of lifestyle modifications required for significant metabolic improvements and remission? Well, first of all, I want to list the areas uh, for uh, lifestyle modification that have been recognized by the American College of Lifestyle Medicine as being therapeutic. So they include physical activity and stress management, healthy relationships, quality sleep, and avoiding risky substances like alcohol and tobacco. And then healthful eating is the sixth. Healthful eating is the area of lifestyle change that has probably the most robust research and has been shown to have the most dramatic improvement in care of people who have diabetes and many other chronic diseases. And it's a whole food plant-based diet that has been identified as the dietary approach of American College of Lifestyle Medicine. And I would also point out that a whole food plant-based diet has been the diet recommended by ACE, the American Association of Clinical Endocrinologists, now for, for several years. And a plant-based or vegan vegetarian diet is within the guidelines of the American Diabetes Association. So this is not completely new information, but unfortunately, a lot of clinicians are not aware of it. It certainly isn't something that has been taught in, in many medical, nursing, even dietetic programs. And that's changing here where I am in Michigan, Wayne Medical College now is including uh, plant-based nutrition across the four-year curriculum 
for medical students. And there are other school health professional education programs that are also teaching this dietary approach. When considering the goal of our mission, what are potential changes certified diabetes care and education specialists can make to their roles and responsibilities? Sure. So the first thing I would recommend is that diabetes educators learn about this approach. Come at it with an open mind. I know for myself that I really thought plant-based or as we called it back in the day, a vegan diet was really extreme and too hard for most patients. And something that I, I really never thought would be anything doable for most people. But now there's so much good research and there are continuing medical education programs and entire conferences devoted to whole food plant-based diets for diabetes and other associated chronic conditions. So the first step is certainly learning about it. And I'd be happy to talk to you about some good resources as to where diabetes educators can can get good evidence-based information on on plant-based diets. The second piece is talking to our patients about this approach, letting people know that this is effective and it's doable and that there are great resources to help people make this shift. Within ADCES, there is a plant-based community of interest that's been around for, I think, five years now. And we have over 450 members. We're the largest or one of the largest communities of interest within ADCES. And on the webpage for the group, we have all kinds of great resources, including a toolbox for DSMES programs that is available at no cost that people can use to incorporate information about plant-based eating into their recognized diabetes education programs. For me, in, in primary care, what I would do with patients is just ask, are you familiar with a plant-based diet? What do you know about a plant-based diet and diabetes? And would you like to learn more about it? I love to share stories of success that my patients have had with making this diet change and how they've achieved weight loss and the ability to get off of blood pressure medications. But the thing that I'm really the most excited about is they see their blood sugars drop like a stone within a really short time when they they make this change. Another thing that I think is, is really important for diabetes educators to have is a number of different resources. People learn differently. So some people like to read and maybe educators want to recommend Dr. Neil Barnard's program for reversing diabetes is a great book. Other people love to watch movies and especially they want to bring this information to their family members who maybe aren't in the class or aren't in my clinic. So they want to share a movie, a documentary like Forks Over Knives or The Game Changers to get others involved and excited about this approach. So, and then of course, having access to some resources like cooking classes. The Physicians Committee has a program called Food for Life. And these are live and online cooking classes that people can take. Um, There's one specific to diabetes. There's 
a cancer survivors class, there's a weight control class, there's an employee wellness class, and they can go to fflclasses.org for food for life classes to find classes in their area or virtual classes. Often these are available at a very low cost, and it's a great way to learn some of the cooking skills and to try out some delicious plant-based recipes. That must be extremely rewarding to see those positive outcomes in your patients, I can imagine. And we can list some of those additional resources on consultant360.com with this podcast too. What's next for research in this area? Well, there's a lot of different areas. One, one area of research that I find really interesting is identifying those people who have type 2 diabetes who are candidates for full remission. And we know that the underlying problem in type 2 is insulin resistance, but we also know that some people over time are not making adequate insulin. And being able to identify those people outside of the research setting um, using C-peptide tests, using HOMA-IR, um, those might be tests that become, and, and there may be other ways that people can be identified before they, they make these lifestyle changes so that we can really target this approach uh, to those who will be successful with it. But I will also say that remission, partial and full remission should be the goal, but there are so many other health benefits to implementing significant lifestyle changes that I really feel that whole food plant-based dietary pattern is something that should be offered to all of our patients. In terms of other research, my focus in this poster presentation has been with type 2 diabetes, but the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine is about to launch a study on diet and type 1 diabetes because we know that people with type 1 experience vascular disease. Diet is certainly involved in the development of vascular disease. And while we don't expect that people with type 1 will eliminate the need for insulin, uh, we suspect, based on the clinical experience of, of many people, that we may be able to significantly reduce the amount of insulin needed as well as reduce uh, progression to various Complications. To sum it all up, what are the overall take-home messages from this poster? Well, uh, one of the really important take-home, the primary take-home message of this poster is that remission is possible for people who have type 2 diabetes. We can do more than just control this disease or manage this disease. It can be turned around. A really important distinction that diabetes educators should be aware of is the dose of the intervention. We're, we're used to thinking of the dose in relation to medications, how much insulin, how much of these different pills should a patient get, but lifestyle can also be dosed and there are therapeutic doses and subtherapeutic doses. And in my poster and in the ACLM position group, paper, they make the distinction between these two quantities of dose as those who achieved um, remission and those who didn't. And the difference in their literature review in studies that achieved remission 
was the amount of weight loss. And those studies that showed people were able to achieve remission had a mean weight loss of about 20 pounds in comparison to those that had didn't achieve remission. Patients only lost an average of about eight pounds. And in the studies where they achieved only about eight pounds weight loss, those patients, they were instructed to reduce their caloric intake by about 500 calories. And oh my goodness, when I read that, that just hit me so hard because isn't that what diabetes educators are taught? That, that we should teach people who are overweight to take in about 500 less calories a day, and that will help them get control of their diabetes. However, that's not going far enough to achieve full remission. And in these studies that achieve 20 pounds of weight loss and showed remission, um, many of these studies used really low, low calorie diets, 600 to 1100 calories per day. And while that's one approach, the American College of Lifestyle Medicine suggests that that's not the only way to achieve that much weight loss. And we routinely see in studies where people adopt a whole food plant-based diet that they lose 20 pounds or more with a whole food plant-based diet. So the takeaway here is that you know our recommendation to switch from whole milk to skim milk or to take the skin off the chicken or um, you know to look at different ways to cut calories a little bit just doesn't go far enough. And we now have evidence to suggest that we need to intensify our lifestyle interventions to the point where they really get at the underlying problem. One more point that I want to leave people with is this idea of um, a good understanding of why a plant-based diet is effective. And in my poster, I compare potential mechanisms. I look at what are the problems with foods from animals, along with what are the benefits of plant foods. So we know that foods from animals are high in saturated fat and cholesterol. Plant foods have no cholesterol at all, and most of them have very little to no saturated fat. And fat intake is really important. We know that excess dietary fat gets inside muscle cells and liver cells and pancreatic cells and interferes with the body's ability to make insulin and to utilize insulin. And fat content is just one of the really important considerations in comparing foods from animals to plant foods. There's a, an important term for diabetes educators to know. It's intramyocellular lipid. This is the fat that accumulates in muscle cells and leads to insulin resistance. And when people shift to a whole food plant-based diet, they're taking in less fat in their diet and intramyocellular lipid dissolves and disappears and insulin resistance uh, goes away. Insulin sensitivity improves. So understanding this underlying mechanism is an important concept for diabetes educators and one that we can share with our patients to understand why we're recommending 
uh, plant-based diet. The other benefits of plants are, are things like antioxidants and phytochemicals that have been shown to reduce the risk of cancer, which people with diabetes are not immune from. Another really important piece is only plant foods are high in fiber. Foods from animals have no fiber at all. And we know that fiber helps to keep blood glucose levels steady and also prevents, lowers the risk of many types of cancers. So I'll stop there. <laughs> you, you can see that there are, although this poster is has the word remission in the title, the really important concept that I want to share is the route to remission, um, I think is critical. And lowering A1C by piling on more and more medications may get better numbers, but does not cure the disease. Whereas lifestyle medicine offers us the opportunity to help our patients achieve remission. This poster is so jam-packed with important information. It was really great. Is there anything else that you'd like to add at all that you think that we missed? You're so kind to ask that question after I've gone on and on. Well, so, you know, I want to make sure really emphasize that our community of interest is a really active community within the American Association of Diabetes Educators. And I hope diabetes educators will know that it's free with their membership and will check it out because there's a lot of great resources there. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Dr. Trapp. We really appreciate your time today. Thank you.